He said, okay, so what have you been discovering? If you don't have any questions, but you just want to talk about your practice or some experience, you can too. Because I have been practicing the Mahasi method for 20 years, Um, my mind constantly wanted to go back to the rising and falling and when I just started just watching the mind there was a part I was watching the mind I believe and then there was a part in which thinking came in and then I wasn't sure quite what was happening but I went back to the rising and falling just to collect myself and My mind was so happy to go back to the rising and falling <laughs> because it was so familiar. ถ้าเราตัวอ่ะสิกุจิบุโตซาโรเอ่อสิทธิ์เนี่ยเนาะสิทธิ์ดิบายน่ะซึ้งซ้าหลาวเอาดิปะพี่เนี่ยมันกํา
and the attitudes that are in the mind as it is with the object. Thank you. I'm not so used to the word um, attitude. And um, if, if, does it have something to do with my intention, my attitude? So the the word has to be low to the normal to you are genocide. Ah, he says, um, for example, very quietly and softly in the back of our minds, as we do something, our minds are telling us why it is doing this thing. We could be doing something with a secret desire to get something. Or we could be um, quietly dissatisfied with what is happening now, which is why we're working in this way. And the mind actually is voicing these things very quietly. Sometimes, for example, we'll be watching something very carefully. And what we're doing is we're feeling distracted or um, uncalm, and we're trying to calm ourselves down. Sometimes we're watching this thing, but what is in the back of the mind is a, so, is a secret anxiety of losing that, the attention on that object. And how you can detect that there might be a wrong attitude in operation is when tension creeps in. If the mind is feeling tense or tight, then you need to check. What's in the back of the mind? He says, why is it that we often use too much energy to do something? When we want something, we use too much energy. When we don't like something, we use a lot of energy. When we don't know what to do, we also use a lot of energy. I think this is about attitude. Um, Andrea suggested that we relax into sleepiness. And when I relaxed into sleepiness, I noticed two attitudes, uh, almost like seesawing back and forth between them. One is craving, 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 craving to just lie down and go to sleep. And the other one is aversion. No, I don't want to go to sleep. I want to be awake for this experience. And so it becomes, and this is familiar to me from other afternoon sittings, yeah. uh, it becomes an inner battle, and it just seems like the battle has occupied all the space. Mm. <laughs> Relax, ลงไปซะตัวเซ็ตเข้ามาบาผิดเลยแล้วสรุปตัวเอ่อคอนเฟคชั่นเนี่ยเซ็ตตะบายกับบาเปียวเลยซะเอ๊ะชินเนี่
not go to sleep but not resist sleep but just know that this is happening you know that you're going to just recognizing this is happening there is a conflict happening just recognizing there is a conflict happening adika ka adika attitude ka bhala ma tum ko na paale ma pa lo we pat na da ba wa ni si ma bari ba so lai le ma lo pe bu tong le ma tong yeah chin ni da ti ma bu the principle behind vipassana is not to push not to resist but also not to fall in but to acknowledge what is really happening so when you let yourself sleep it's one uh, extreme but when you resist it it's actually just the opposite extreme so you can just accept that this is in fact what is happening and acknowledge that and in fact just continue to observe the conflict around the conflict she name or set the level that's and if because if there is judgment about the conflict being present then it just gets worse but, but all of that which is happening is mind at work the mind is working this way the mind is working that way during the meditation it seems that instead of a decrease of suffering there is an increase of suffering mm-hmm. and it comes from um observing the breath but at the same time feeling many unpleasant things past thoughts mm-hmm. present future mm-hmm. bodily sensations fears anxieties they all come up mm-hmm. and so therefore it becomes a struggle not to overwhelm myself during the meditation what can i do He says this is where the right view becomes very important. He says um, you need to remind yourself that a feeling is just a feeling. A thought is just a thought. the mind is just the mind and arasoi and this is all just nature at work he says i don't want to that kind of who in chat la ni da ba tong su start ni chat da ya mia yue phit ni de identify shi lu tua bu shou la it all feels like suffering because you're identified with it then it it's very complicated for the mind because the mind is judging its experiences why am i like this and so on but the objective is to really see what is happening here and all these things that are happening are not me i'm not happening it's it's just happening to the dim shiren ai ma ni lu ko ko se kao ne lu chen ni u ti la da ma kao na ni chen ni ma ti la is this very often when we are at you know living our lives we think we think we make an assumption that our minds are good we're not really examining it but when we yeah but when we actually take the time to sit and pay attention we see the truth of the many negative things that are also present and it's just becoming more aware of it it's not that they weren't there but it's okay he says we need to value and appreciate that we have become aware 
what we become aware of is not a problem. He says, there is such a value in becoming aware. Um, he says, thinking, yeah, thinking, assuming, not by really looking, but just thinking that everything is fine, and actually discovering that everything is not fine, he says, which is actually of greater value, do you think? <laughs> He says, it's only when we really know that there is something going on there, we have a choice to do something about it. We can... So the knowing or the realization of the not so good that is there, he said, becomes the proximate cause for things becoming good. Because now you know, he says, you're going to investigate it. You're going to examine it. Why is it like this? What, what is feeding it? How does it work? And it's all it, yeah? Not me. It's how, how is it all happening? And, and then when more is understood, it starts to change. And as a way of dealing with it in the moment, he said, when you find it overwhelming, or even maybe before it becomes overwhelming, he said, you can alternate watching these things and watching something neutral. So alternate between an ex- this and then coming back to something neutral like the breath or some, something that's easy for you, and then go back to it and come back and back and forth, an active awareness of both. Especially, he says, if the awareness is not established, the, you know, the samadhi, the wisdom is all not very strong, then he says this sort of exercise is very helpful. Well, he just says, just to acknowledge this is what you're noticing now. The mind is aware of this. Something else is coming up. You're aware of all this. Mm-hmm. So I'm aware of it, but I would have to reach out to um, bring it closer. No, no, you don't need to do that. Yes, just leave it as it is. Uh, 
you just need to um, repeatedly uh, if that's a good word um, persistently consistently just keep acknowledging how things are in the moment he says when he says it's because the mind is able able to see that it already sees why do anything more with it but if you just keep it going he says the keeping it going is what strengthens the mindfulness and if you keep it going the mindfulness gets strong enough when mindfulness is strong enough it draws the object towards it you don't do it he says why like open your eyes wide and try to go to the object when it's already seen he says when we have poor eyesight and we don't have our glasses on it doesn't matter how much we squint it doesn't really look clear <laughs> but if you put on the glasses it just comes into view so it's not important to be able to see the object it's only important to to work with the eyes so we don't need to try to see the objects in detail detail is not important it's important for the mind to be strong and how does the mind become strong he says when the mind has no greed aversion in it and the mind is just continuously being present with what is as it is he says then the mind becomes stronger when it's stronger it becomes able to see more by itself he says now yogis mix up um, trying to see the object clearly with strengthening the mind they think that the two mean the same thing so if we have a desire to see more clearly then we start trying too hard and when we're still not able to then we start developing aversion is a drops to nothing my mind just drops away but just for a short moment there's like nothing like a get like a gap or like a like an empty space mm-hmm. okay so and then comes back to tina meda pitta tina meda pitta um to katale sika um patonong yudo pure bama mati de lo ke bro kana pyan la re kana li be eh lo pitta he says you know when we're beginning meditation and he means beginning as in whenever we go away from it and have to begin again because we're not consistently doing it he says then when we're in when we're beginning again like that the mind is never strong so sleepiness will come yeah. so it's very important to just accept it that this is happening it happens to everybody another reason that we have sleepiness is because of lack of interest when there's no wisdom being brought to it there's no interest he says then we get sleepy that's why he says mindfulness alone is not enough and he says we need to in, in inject some interest in and how we inject the interest he says is by sometimes 
a sense of investigation or sometimes introducing a question like, what is this? What is happening? Um, or how, how can I do this more effectively? Just thinking a little bit, you know, it just wakes up the mind because it has something to do now. If we're just trying to be mindful, mindful, aware, aware, he says, all it brings in the beginning is just quietness. The mind kind of becomes quiet, and especially if we just keep it on one thing, he says it gets too quiet, has nothing to do, and it dozes off. He says, and often he says the way we live our lives is like full-on awareness, not awareness, full-on greed, aversion, delusion. And then we come into a a, a meditation center or something and we want to sit and be collected all at once. It's not going to happen, he said. There's still the momentum going. So we just need to be patient, listen to the instructions, try again, try again, try again. And those, um, you know, when you feel like the mind drops into nothing, it's it's also nothing really. It's just when the mind kind of takes a complete rest. <laughs> just like switches off for a while and comes back. Sometimes when we're sleepy simply because the mind is so inactive, it helps to just activate the mind by making the mind look at many things, moving it around you know, off with your will, moving it around so it just pays attention to many, many different things. And that can wake up the mind sometimes. Hi, about now? Okay. Two different questions. One is, um, goes back to uh, what you said this morning uh, about carrying on the awareness throughout the day. And I remember he specifically said, remember, remember to continue the awareness. I'm very much interested in that. My big problem is remembering. <laughs> so I'd like to ask his advice for what's the trick to remember because I am least likely to remember when I most need it. <laughs> when I don't need it, I remember. When I need it, I don't remember. <laughs> so that's one question. And uh, should I ask a second one now or wait till the answer? Yeah. 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 He says, yeah, he says, it's when you say when you most need it, he said, that's when there's most agitation. And when there is agitation, uh, the mind forgets to be aware. It forgets. Karaja. Um, Mm. So we need to set up an intention to actually remember when we're agitated. 
And you have to purposely, he said, want to recognize if the mind is agitated or settled. So as a practice, you need to want to recognize the mind is calm, the mind is not calm, the mind is relaxed, the mind is agitated. You want to recognize it so that in those times the mind will recognize. Also, it is helpful to recognize agitation or eagerness, eagerness, the moment it comes in. In the beginning phases, when it's just beginning, you know, oh, I'm getting eager to do this. Agitation is beginning. When it's too strong, you definitely won't be able to remember. Which is why being aware of the objects, paying attention to things is not enough. Because where eagerness grows is in the mind. So you need to be in touch with the mind. So you need to make it a habit, develop this habit of always checking, is the mind clear, is the mind confused, is the mind aware? (coughs) There's something he explains often, when the mind is clear and you continue to be aware that it's clear, it clarifies more and more. When the mind is clear but you're not aware that it's clear, it degenerates into confusion. It slowly starts to get chaotic. If you become aware the mind is chaotic, the mind starts to become clear again. But if you don't recognize the mind is chaotic, it just gets more and more chaotic. This actually ties into my second question, in fact. (laughs) And it's very much related, which is... When the mind is agitated and I recognize that it is agitated and there are recursive thoughts repeating themselves over and over as though by infinitely repeating themselves there is going to be some miracle happening and a miracle answer is going to pop up at me and some aha is going to come. And that's not true. That's not going to happen. All that's happening is repetitive agitation and no amount of bringing attention to it helps. It just... Like he was saying earlier, the mind has a mind of its own. No matter how much attention I pay to it, no matter how aware I am that it is agitated, it keeps being agitated. So how to... It keeps thinking. Yeah, so how to deal with that? ตัวอาจารย์ที่ทักทักทักเสียงนี้ตัวอภิเวยยาเราไม่รู้ตะคุบอกกันแต่ตัวไม่รู้แล้วเราไม่รู้ผิดเลยแต่ว่าบ้าน
That's another one of the conditions for the mind to keep thinking. So you need to look at that reason. So the thinking itself is only like the uh, the tip of the iceberg. He says, if you can look at the feelings that are associated with the thinking and also why the mind wants to think so much, if you can recognize that, that will help. Is it on? Yes. So, Bhante, when um, when the mind notices that clarity has begun to disintegrate, um, the habit of returning to the object is quite strong. And it seems, it appears, that that's what brings the clarity back or that the clarity arises out of returning to the object. And what I'm thinking I'm hearing you say is that it arises out of the awareness that the clarity has actually degenerated or begun to dissipate. Mm -hmm. So um, that seems like it would require the cultivation of a new habit. Um, A new habit? Well, a a skillful means, in other words. it's, it seems very familiar and very natural to return to the object, the breath, for instance. And uh, that, will, that will stabilize the clarity once again or give rise to the return of the clarity. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I find that sometimes just noticing things, all sorts of different things, actually is what um, is where I lose clarity. Mm -hmm. Noticing different things. uh, Yes, letting, just noticing the mind doing what the mind is doing. Mm. So the habit of returning to the object is quite strong and I find refuge in that. Mm. And I'm wondering ตัวเอ่ออูเซียนเปียวเลยเซ็กเชนน่ะชุบลาบิโลตีเซ็กเชนนี่เลยบ่ชุบตอกตีลาบิเซ็กตู้ยังแฮบิทอบาเลยซะ
So the attitude there is that we want to be quiet, not that we want to know what's going on. He says, which is why he says, he explained the differences between a samatha kind of meditation, because the objective is different, and a vipassana kind of meditation, because the objective is different. We can use either of these techniques at will in, in a skillful way, but if you find that over and over again, all you're doing is trying to calm yourself down, and you're not getting beyond it, then you really need to think. What should you do to understand this better? He says, if you have a confusing state of mind happening, and you dare yourself to be with it, and learn to understand it, and you do understand it, he said, that will never be confusing for you anymore. He says, now out of fear, we're always avoiding, avoiding facing it. And it just never ends. <laughs> It'll come again and again. <laughs> Only when we really understand, then it's gone. <laughs> he says, when it's something is more difficult, we don't really want to push the limits. We always want to go back to what is easier. And going back to what we're used to doing. But if we've been practicing for some time, we need to push our limits a little bit. It is important in the beginning to learn how to calm the mind down. But having done that already, he says we need to push our limits a little bit and learn how to grow our understanding. So next time you come across a confusing situation, you know, where you feel like your clarity is disintegrating, he says, bring your mind back to your object for a while, but don't lose sight of that disintegrating clarity. And don't look at the object long enough for the clarity to completely come back. So look at your object to stabilize the mind a little bit, and then use the more stable mind to look at that disintegrating clarity. Thank you so much. Hello? Uh, I would like to ask Seattle. Uh, we are observing the mind and we are watching the mind. That means we have something to watch the mind or to observe the mind. So okay. we have two minds or... Now, even in your question, we're only talking about two, a mind, recognizing a, a mind. He says, but in fact, there's lots of minds working all together, all the time. The mind has so many activities going on. The Buddha has talked about four, uh, what we call aggregates of mind, four functions of mind that are always working together. Can you explain it? So, so these four uh, things that are working in the mind, these four functions. <laughs> I just go through the four functions. Four yeah. So one is what we call consciousness. Um, the second we can call it volition, the mind intending to, you know, things causing change in the mind. Um, the third is the feeling aspect of the mind. The f mind feels things. And the fourth is the mind remembers, or the memory at work, or perception. We call it perception. Yeah, recognize it. 
So the mind knows, the mind feels, the mind puts an energy. This is all mind at work. So only one mind, so many minds. So many minds. Okay. Many minds. อ่าจนบ่มาอ่าลิสาดูกะนัดดาวจนเราอ่ามาวิปัสสนามาเตมิจิอะลูมิวอดีเสดาวนามจิเนเนตุอิงเวนนาเลอตอเปอิมะเน
kind of stable, so then you can go and look at it again rather than... To look at the reaction? Yeah, yeah. Or, or how, how best to mm-hmm. work with that. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. You can use that same kind of. When it comes to pain, because you're talking about specifically with pain, yeah? One, he doesn't advocate looking at what's going on in the mind when there's so much pain that the mind is in great difficulty. Not at that time. He said that when it's very difficult, don't do it. Make yourself comfortable. Um, it's really, he says, how he says to get that settledness, that, you know, to be able to look at what's going on in the mind, he says, to use right view. And this is possible only when it's beginning. So you need to start looking at the mind right from the beginning, not when the pain is grown, but when it's starting to, when it's even little. A small fire is still a fire. It's easier to put out when it's small. (laughs) When it's too big a fire, he says, it takes a lot of time and a lot of energy to put out. If you work with it, you know, early, he says, then you can clear it out quickly. Is there a strategy then when it's a big fire to somehow get the distance? Strategy, Sheila. Strategy, strategy, game design, strategy, Sheila, but no, 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 no. He says if you have the option, uh, change object, go to something neutral, don't face that head on when it's so out of control, do something to neutral to settle the mind. So if if something is unbearable, um, do something, change posture, look at the sky. The best way, the best way is not to get to that point. He did talk about it this morning, so, um, but anyway, um, he says, what, what is, should be our view towards things? How, what is a good way to think of something? This is happening to me. Do we think of it as my pain? My pain or If we think my pain, it's painful. <laughs> so there is pain. This is the way to think. And there is a reaction to it. This is the nature of the mind. When there is pain, there will be a reaction to it. And we want to understand um, how is the mind reacting to this experience. We want to understand this nature and therefore we are looking. Could you talk a little bit about making decisions? I, this gentleman's question this morning, I think, mm-hmm. caused this. I, as, I, as I get a little more attention and maybe a little more wisdom, I hope, there seems less and less to do. Mm. <laughs> No, to Purama be the less and less to do. Yeah. What do I need? To, um, hmm. 
So let's think of something big. I could go to Burma and study with you. I could leave my husband and, I mean, <laughs> to be silly, <laughs> a little. <laughs> but I could. I mean, I, it, it, it doesn't seem useful to do that. I, I, or I can't know if it's useful. I don't know if it's, um, I guess I'm just asking a question about how, how to make decision out of freedom. Okay, so I'm understanding that you're saying that as there's more attention and more wisdom, the mind is actually letting go of need to do things. Yes. And so, and you're asking, how do I then find the need to do things? Like, how do I decide what is a wise thing to do? Yes. Okay. ตัวนี้ตัวนี้อาจารย์ပြောเลยตะคุโลไล่มาဆင်းပြတယ်ဒါပေမဲ့သူမှာပါပြောဆိုတော့သူမှာတတိထားလေလေညာငှက်လည်
He says for you, he says, you know, you don't need to think about grand plans, um, like what to do. He says if you just think that you want, you don't need to go to Burma to practice with him. He says if you just think that you want to practice at home all the time, that's pretty good. <laughs> So at this point we'll have a half an hour for walking practice and we'll come back for another half an hour sitting um, at three. So 